0: Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. I am thrilled to be with you for a midweek episode. Um, We're actually going to have two midweek episodes uh, coming at you this week. This one, and then I will have my producer and host of the Final Score Podcast, which I just guest appeared on. on Monday, uh, Andrew Claudio later in the week. But for right now, um, you are about to hear an episode featuring someone that if you have been on Twitter at all over the last, I don't know, how long has she been around for? At least a year, maybe a little bit longer. Um, You have seen her musings on uh, Frank Milikina or uh, Tom Thibodeau or Kenny Atkinson or several other topics that we get into on this show, which was a lot of fun. Um, Kaylin Phoebe, uh, otherwise known as the, um, I want to make sure I get it right. The Tarrytown practice facility, Stan account. Um, great name. Um, so she joined me to, um, Talk about a lot of great stuff, and uh, we had a lot of fun. So that interview is coming up. As always, uh, a reminder, if you are not subscribed to the Knicks Film School newsletter, what are you doing? Um, It's there for you for the taking. Just go to my Twitter profile um, and sign up for it um, right there um, at uh, JC Macri NBA. And last but not least, before we get to today's interview, a quick reminder from our friends, you know who they are, my bookie. So no more NBA right now, but the draft is on the way. We have college football. We have the NFL. um, We have the World Series. There's tons of stuff for you to turn your game day into a payday with my bookie. If you're someone who likes to back big favorites, you could do a parlay for a bigger payout. They have every manner of line or option or odds available to you that you could possibly want. Um, game spreads, championship futures, player prop bets. It's never late to get on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Um sign up at my bookie when you do here's the key use promo code overtime to claim a deposit match for match dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks so you put a thousand in they'll give you a thousand to play with just by entering that promo code again it is overtime o-v-e-r-t-i-m-e enter that when you sign up to claim your bonus um you could even bet on the presidential race i mean really what what more could you want sign up today begin your winning season exclusively at my bookie, and without further ado, here is my interview with the Queen of Nick's Twitter, Kaylin Phoebe. Joining me now on the Nick's Film School podcast, um you know I I don't feel comfortable making my own introduction of this person in terms of like a title, so I'm just gonna introduce her as what she has come to be known by from the masses, which is the queen of Nick's Twitter. Um, so I, I present to you on the Nick's Film School podcast for the first time, uh, hopefully not the last time, uh, the one and only Kaylin Phoebe. Kaylin, hello and welcome.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. The queen. That's an honor.
0: I listen, I these are decisions that are made by, I mean, I guess in some people, they're in some countries, they're made by, you know, shadowy figures behind the scenes. That that's not the case here. This was. I have to think there was a public vote at some point because, (laughs) you know, um, there's not a ton of women on Nick's Twitter that make their presence known a lot, but they're they're out there. They're they're they exist.
1: I know we got to get more. I mean,
0: can I so not to get off track right away, but when I first conceived of this podcast, I wanted to find um, a female co-host because I felt that there was nothing else in like the podcast space, uh, where like a guy and a girl get, cause I think, you know, men and women have differing ways of approaching talking about sports oftentimes, or just like life. Um, and I thought it would be interesting. And like, I, 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 you were not, let's see when I, when did I start this podcast? About two years ago. If you were out there, I did not notice.
1: I definitely was not out there kind of just like randomly appeared
0: yeah your rise has been something of a a meteoric (laughs) one um but no yeah it's that was my that was my intention and i really i just i couldn't you know find anybody who who uh fit the bell but uh, who knows maybe this would be the start of a a beautiful friendship um so let's talk about you for a bit we're going to talk about the next but um so I, I think you, I don't know if I would say you are shrouded in mystery, it may, I, probably, probably a bit much, um, but I think people know certain things about you, and we're going to talk about some of those things, um, but they don't know much about you other than that you have Tarrytown Practice Facility Stand Account as your name, which by the <laughs> way.
1: <laughs> we can discuss that if you want.
0: Do you, well? Do, what do you, do you live near Terrytown? Do you just love Terry? I mean, I get, I use my imagination as to why you picked that, but please, by all means, explain. I
1: don't, uh, I don't live near Terrytown. Thank God um, for you. I've been a few times. I've also been to Nyack. It's a lovely place. I would never live there, but I, so my, my old name used to be Kristaps Porzingis, like Stan account or something when I had like 800 followers and like, all of my coworkers had muted me because I just wouldn't shut up about the Knicks. <laughs> and like, and the only person who still had me unmuted was one of my best friends. And then when he got traded, I, I changed it to Frank uh, Frank Nalekina stand account, obviously. I remember that. And, yes. And then when all this stuff was going on with Durant and Kyrie and they went to Brooklyn and then all of those slander articles came out about the Tyree Town practice facility, I was like, I have to champion this place. And so I just switched it to be funny. It was literally just me and my, one of my best friends and we would laugh about it. And now I'm like, I can't change it. Like it's it's it's, just there forever now.
0: No, you can't because this is, it's funny. There's like of all of the hot button issues with this fan base. I don't know that I've ever seen the whole group collectively get as, it's like a visceral anger. When, when people try to insinuate that the commute could be the reason why, you know, the team has sucked for for most of the last 20 years. Um, it needs a champion and you are as good a champion as any. Uh, so, you know, I, I admire I admire the commitment. Please don't change it. Um, yeah. Uh, OK, so that's the that's the name of the account. Um, you. Uh, again, but we'll get into the next. But you, you have a life outside of tweeting. Although at times, I
1: <sighs> question
0: how much y- you do because you tweet a lot. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I do at times. But
0: so, what do you so talk a little bit about your? Because you, you have the the inf- you know the blue check. Um, it's there. Yeah. Would you not? You did not get that for tweeting about the Knicks. I'm assuming.
1: I did not get that for tweeting about the Knicks. I know that's a lot of people ask me that question. Um, so I worked at BuzzFeed for a long time as a writer, and at the time it was like early stage, so they were like verifying everyone. So I just got or all their writers, and so I just got verified. Um, when I worked there, and then I was an editor, and then I was a video producer, and then I was pretty much did everything. So. Um, and then I, but I didn't like, I used to, I, Twitter, my Twitter account was a garbage throwaway account for like my basketball takes. And literally all my friends were like, I cannot follow you anymore. Like, I need you to just sh- like shut the hell up because you're so annoying with your Nick's takes. I'm guessing Twitter. they're
0: not Nick fans. Though. No,
1: no. Okay. They were like, they're like, we don't know what a Frank Neilakina is. Like, please stop. And I was How like, dare like they? Just, just mute me. And I, um, just kept doing my thing. But yeah, that's, that's how I got the blue check from work and Not, nothing special.
0: And, and now you do uh, work with tech startup stuff, right?
1: Yeah. I'm a writer and a strategist and a social media manager and a video producer, like all the it's tech startup life. So I wear a bunch of different hats, but yeah, mostly, you know, I studied um, creative writing in college, poetry and fiction. And so I've been in the writing space for quite some time now.
0: It, I'm, I'm curious, which what allows you to scratch your writing itch more the Nick stuff or writing about like, did you write about tech startups? I, I shouldn't assume that, I guess.
1: No, I actually work at a dog company. Oh, okay. So I <laughs> write about like a lot of dog stuff.
0: That's now. even better.
1: Yeah. But obviously. Dogs, I mean, the I- Nicks,
0: the last year's <laughs> Nicks. There you go. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> with, yeah. the, with the
0: W <laughs> instead of a and yeah. <laughs>
1: they're more like, like puppies maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, uh, I, I love writing about the Knicks and like Howard over at Sports Illustrated reached out to me and let me write that Patrick Ewing piece. And, um, that was really fun for me just, and it also just for like my dad and my family, cause we grew up in that era of Patrick Ewing and like, I'm sure you can relate to all that magic. So, um, yeah, that was really fun. That that was really fun. And I'm actually working on another piece for the Strickland now about rebuilding and Chris Paul and just all the discourse that's been going on. So it's been really great to kind of branch out from what I've been doing at work and outside of work.
0: I um I don't know if I've actually ever said this or written it, but like I I don't know what I would do if I couldn't write about this team that and that's really sad because i have like you know i have a rewarding life like i i teach it's like a, you know it's a satisfying job in, in many respects like i have a wife who i love to death i have my daughter who i adore but like if i didn't have this outlet about the i think i'd be miserable not miserable that's the <laughs> wrong word but i think i would you know what i would be i would be really frustrated because i would feel like i have to like there's another there's something else that i would need to do and there would be a no outlet and this is like My, You know, this is the outlet that I have. So I I totally feel you in terms of like you're excited about this because I I mean, that's, you know, it's my life.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I feel that. And like whenever I'm having a bad day or I'm stressed out or something like I will just go sit and like edit like ninety nine mix (laughs) mixtapes just for like fun. Like actual
0: other, actual mixed it's, this is fantastic
1: yeah seriously and like the other day somebody looked at my youtube search like recent search history and it was like 15 i was like jeff van gundy post game interview 1999 wow like, it's just like I'll, I'll just go back into the archives and like cut videos and it's just my happy place i guess
0: so let's start with the, I, I, I'm prepared for you to yell at me about Chris Paul. I've, I've mentally, I've st- steadied myself for that. And I'm, that's, right. I, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited about it because my, my wife doesn't yell at me a lot. And there's something about when a woman yells at you that is, just, it, it, it scratches my itch. Right. Um, I'm, I'm weird like that. Um, the nineties, the nineties were a good time. They were a happy time. Oh, um, yeah. do you like, you, you wrote those pieces on on Patrick and the 90s team in general. Um, I was, I don't know, you you found a way to transport me back. Um, and I, because I, it's funny, I don't think about that team as much because I'm so focused on the present. But, you know, when you think about it, is it like the connection to like you watching with your dad growing up? Or like, what is it about that team that's still... Like when, when did you first start watching them? Maybe that's a good place to start.
1: I honestly, so my dad, I come from a big basketball family and we all played basketball. And so it was kind of just like I I was born into it, but my dad was a huge Nets fan and he switched over when they drafted Patrick Ewing. Okay. So he was kind of like immersed into the Knicks world. And then I would go to the garden with him all the time as a kid. And like, by the time, the 99 Knicks came around and I was just like, like watching Latrell's free well in the open floor, like Alan Houston, like a pure jump shooter, like all that stuff. I was just like this, this, it, f- it just felt like so magical. And I was just hooked. I was like, yeah, this is, you know, I loved Patrick cause it just, he was such a special player, but that team just had that like, magical feeling to it. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I was just hooked.
0: No, the 99 team is my, like, I was, I remember 93, 94, but I was, I was 10, but I was a like, if this is gonna sound weird, I was a young 10. Like it was my first real sports experience. So I couldn't, first of all, I didn't understand the sport very well. And second of all, I couldn't really right. appre- appreciate it. But then we had the next, um, five years with, you know, assorted heartbreaks. And then 99 comes around and it was, I mean, I think the 99, it was the unexpected nature of it that
1: yeah, absolutely
0: because they were, I mean, they they were, they were, um they had their trials and tribulations, Um but at the same time, I don't know. Did I mean, again, you were young at the time, but I personally was like, they're better than the dog shit that they're showing. I don't know when it's going to happen, but they are going to like somehow this, it's not going to end like this. You know, with like, whatever, not making the playoffs or like getting like losing the first round. So, yeah, I don't know. It was weird like that. It was like it was a surprise. But at the same time, I had this faith in that team, in the core that they had.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like the lockout messed up that year. So I think the seating was weird and they they definitely were playing underneath their capabilities for a long time. But there, there was still something like you could feel them like willing Themselves, you know, into the playoffs, yeah. into the win, like into the finals. Like they, they just never stopped. And I think that became my gold standard for like the Knicks, New York basketball. And I think it's for a lot of people. Like we just, we're still like starving for like, where is that effort? Where is that fight? Like where is the heart? Like because when you grow up with it, you're like, this is what it feels like. And I, I just. Oh my God. I remember the garden was so loud and I still get that feeling when I go back even t- to watch like, you know, um, like Hawks and Knicks in like November. Yeah, I was just about to like, say, it's a meaningless it. game. <laughs> like,
0: whatever. Well, you know, but hearing you, it, hearing you talk about it, it makes sense. Yeah. And I'm sure this will, I think I have a, a mix of, it's not all Frank stans that listen to this. I think it's a, it's a healthy mix. Um. So this will piss some people off, I'm sure, but it makes sense to me then why you love Frank like you do, because he like. Okay, so 2012-13 happened, right? That was a thing. I I never. Me, this is just me, and and people who know me well know I don't have the love for that team that some other Nick fans do. Um, I, I never share got the
1: sentiment. Not sure if you knew that, but
0: I assumed I. Was I was okay. All right, so we're on the same page there too.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, look, it was great. It was a great team. Um, and it was a fun team and the whole thing. But I never like watching them. I never got the '99 vibes or or the '90s vibes generally. And like Frank, like yes, he can't make a jump shot, and if he doesn't learn how to, like okay, maybe he's not an NBA player. But he goes out every goddamn time, and he lays it all out. And it's the first player that's been here for any significant period of time that that has done that. Um,
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think I've, I've gotten flamed for a few different things and like had people on my ass because of it. But like, I, I think like growing up with those teams, you could kind of feel that there was like an hourglass being flipped on that 2012, 2013 team. If you know what I mean, I was like, this is not sustainable. And we did have those moments and like, I was at those playoff games in the garden and it was fun, but I, I just remember being like, this, this isn't going to last. Um, and that's why it wasn't fun for me. Cause I was like, I want to like build something. Like I want to, I want to feel like I have something tangible to hold with this team that's going to be here. And I knew it was just going to like slip through our fingers. And of course it did, um, but yeah, going back to Frank, it's like, I've said this before where I think people get confused because we, a lot of us love him so much um, that they think that we think he's going to be like Stockton or like magic or, you know what I mean? Like- we Why do we seasons. why do we have to
0: put ceilings? I,
1: I, I listen, that's just, <laughs> <I know>. okay. <laughs> anyway. He's like high, and we do have high hopes for him, but like, the reason we love him isn't because we think he's going to be a Hall of Fame point guard. The reason we love him is because he does, like you're saying, he goes out, he makes the right play. He, he tries on every possession. He looks out for his teammates. He's like, and, and part of that is us not having somebody fight through a screen for like 20 years. Do you know what I mean? And like you see somebody do it and you're just like, Oh my God, finally. So it's like, and we haven't had much to root for. In a long that, time, so that is I an think
0: accurate statement. We
1: get, I, we get really invested in these players. Like, I took a break before the deadline last season because I was like, if we're, if I'm just gonna have to watch Peyton and get Taj Gibson. Like, I don't root for the Knicks because of Alfred Peyton. I, I now I'm invested in our young players just to see who they are and who they might be.
0: Well, I had, a, I had a Frank trade postmortem. I've said, I think I've said this before. I had a trade postmortem piece that I wrote um, on the train into the city before the, the Barrett, uh, the RJ Barrett draft. Um, I was convinced they were going to trade him that night. And oh, I, wow. yeah, I wrote a whole thing because, and that was my, I think that was my way of like, that was my reverse jinx. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I feel you. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, God, I really don't want them to trade him. I know. Well,
1: my other thing with Frank is like, I think the other thing people get misconstrued is that I would be fine with trading Frank if if they don't want to extend him this summer. Like, then they do they not have to trade him? Like, I, I can't I cannot stand watching another guy walk, you know, for nothing just because we didn't play him and and see who he is or what he could be at least. And like with Frank, if they decide they don't want to invest in him, then sure, like flip him for something. But at least trade him, like he's played i think he's played not even 3800 minutes like we don't even know who he is really
0: he's had some some unfortunate thing befall him every every year um in that he 2 years ago well i mean his his rookie year he just he didn't get played a lot um and then his second year he had that injury where he was like just starting to show signs of coming out of that experience and God knows that was not a great experience for him yeah. and then last year you know he was whatever it was what was the season shut down two games after the the 20 point you know 10 assist effort Um. it's yeah. like yeah I it's I guess I don't know I guess I'm at the point where I feel like I know I don't want to say I know what his ceiling is because that's unfair because he still is very young and he really hasn't gotten an opportunity to play with. Well, other than when he played with your, with the guy who used to grace your uh, Twitter accounts name, because when he shared the floor with that dude, and I know we're not allowed to, I know we're not allowed to talk about that (laughs) dude anymore, but you know, that was pretty good. Um, And those two guys like jived and meshed really well together. And then, the dog shit. No offense to anybody on the team the last two years, but the dog shit they put him out there with. And just, and I shouldn't say dog shit. The mentality of the players he has played with at times over the last two years has not been what you want. And but then he got an opportunity to run with this bench squad of um, you know, insert your shooting guard here, and Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson and and Bobby Portis. You know, provide a little punch, and that worked you know, cause he could just be himself and it exactly. didn't exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to see more of that guy. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think they're going to trade him if I'm being honest. Okay. This is maybe the best transition I'm going to have. So I, I too want to invest in the youth and because I want to invest in the youth and I want to see comes. it's, I mean, look, I, I, <laughs> It's, it's always going to come. And because I want to see the best for our young players, um, is why I think if they can get him for very little, um, Mr. Paul, of course, I'm talking about, I just, and look, I flip flopped on this. I admitted I flip flopped on this, and I'm still not a hundred percent. And here's the best part: I knew we were going to talk about this, and I'm like, "All right, I had to come prepared." <laughs> so, what's my <laughs> yeah. what's my argument? Right? What's my argument for why like this is a smart idea? And the honest answer is there is no <laughs> smart argument because yeah, there isn't one. You just have to trust that there is something inherently good and positive that comes from being better. And there's no statistic to bear that out uh, as opposed to um, it's not a statistic, but like 40 whatever million dollars. That's that is a that's a real thing that is there. And you could point to it. It's in black and white. Um, Maybe I'll ask it this way. What's your biggest issue with the idea of trading for Paul?
1: Okay, there's a few things Um, to to start. Like, I think. This season that's coming up, it's going to be shorter. We probably won't have fans. It kind of just seems like a throwaway season happens to coincide with one of the best drafts we'll see for a long time. So, like, what's the point for making a move for this $40 million guy to what? To to win, like, eight more games, six more games? Like, what is that going to achieve? The year that we drafted Kevin Knox – I think the Mavericks won twenty four games and we won twenty nine. We ended up with Knox. That
0: sounds that sounds right.
1: Being in a position to draft Luca, and like, what did those five games get us? Like, did did they change the culture? Did <sighs> it change the perception of the Knicks? Like, no. So, but what does change the perception of the Knicks is if we do draft Luca that that year. Do you know what I mean? Like, because good good players
0: it? have a tendency to. But but this this is the this is the catch. Isn't this a, a bit of the catch good players change perceptions of teams?
1: Right. But is Chris Paul, like we were saying before with the 2012, 2013 team, yeah. is he something like tangible or are we going to pay him $40 million and then he's not on our team anymore?
0: So I, look, the, the, you win the logical, the logic, it, it says you win. I, I I can't, I can't deny that. Um, I, I, Here's my two things, okay? One is I think nothing if well, let me rephrase that if they had gotten Luca, that's one thing, but in terms of like did any extra wins materially change their outcome you know a couple of years ago? no, because they were being run by incompetent people. and I think everybody in the league, I think the worst kept secret and I, I can't even say worst kept secret the the most open known thing in the world was that Steve Mills had no business running a basketball team and everybody knew it. The players knew it and he, but he's not here anymore. And I think there is maybe a chance in the league for other players to have a desire to give the Knicks the benefit of the doubt for the first time in a while. Now they're not going to do that unless they actually show proof of, I, I call it proof of concept. Um, so I guess that's part of it. The other part is I, I like I go back and I study these drafts and like yes, obviously missing out on Luca and missing out on you can even do it with other guys. You could do uh, De'Aaron Fox; they missed out on him by a couple picks. I, I know I know we love Frank, but you know it is what it is. But there's also you know there's guys that fall every year, and the numbers kind of bear that out too. And I I just think of the team. Okay, here's this is the biggest part of my argument. And I want to hear what you, what you have to say. If they go out there and they suck next year, right? And I know we like, we both have belief in the guys that they have. And Tibbs is another conversation, which my God, um, worlds are colliding. Um, but let's, for argument's sakes, like Tibbs is a good coach. Um, he gets them to play hard. He gets them to play the right way. They give it their all. Right. And they go out there and they're just outmatched. Every night, I can't, I can't sit here and honestly say that I don't think that that's gonna have negative repercussions on what I think has a legitimate chance to be a, a real young core between RJ and Mitch. And I can't believe I'm gonna say it, Kevin Knox, um, and Frank Ntilikina, or like one of those two guys. Like that's really what it comes down to for me. The thought of like sucking ass yet, yet again. And it's a crass way of putting it, but you'd see where I'm coming from, right?
1: I, yeah, and I, I get it, and I like respect that perspective, and i I do see I do see it, but I just don't think that the Chris Paul Knicks are much better than the not Chris Paul Knicks. They're maybe you know, like I said, like six or eight wins better, and like in a few years, like, are we going to look back and go like, did those wins really matter that much? Like, if they miss
0: out on Cade Cunningham, no, they won't. I, I'll again. That's 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 a fact.
1: Exactly, and I'm looking for this year. You know, we have Dennis Smith Jr., Frank's coming up on a. Uh, they're all coming up for extensions. Like, can we just let them play and just see what they are? And if we don't want them, then we can move them. Like, it, it's just I can't watch. I wasn't even a big Alonzo Trier fan, but like, why why did he sit on the bench? Like, why not just? Let him run, see what he is, and see if you can move him for something. You know, like I think our our top starters for for most minutes played per game this year were pretty much all vets. It was like Randall, Morris, Harkless. Um, oh yeah, no, it was so, it like, was ridiculous. W- so what what is the point? Like, what does Chris Paul actually add besides a couple more wins? Like, it it just feels like another quick fix. It kind of reeks of. Uh, Strickland Cheeks type deal. Do you know what I mean?
0: Oh, God. Like, that was before our time. But yes, was, I, <laughs> I know. Like, yeah.
1: That's that's what it feels like to me. And it scares me.
0: Well, that team was trying to win games, though, because they had Pat. They had the guy in the door. Right. And they were and they were trying to win games. It's a stupid trade. Um, and plus, there was the Mark Jackson thing. But like,
1: I <sighs> if the Knicks were one Chris Paul away from being a contender, I would right now be like, whatever, let's do it. And if we can get assets back and it happens, then that's great. But it honestly sounds like we're gonna have to give stuff up for him. It feels like another quick fix and it feels like it's not really gonna make that much of a difference in a year that doesn't matter in a draft class that does matter.
0: <sighs> well, yeah, I, I wish I had something better to come back at you with. I, I don't know. It's I it's it's believing that that there is that there's some magic juju that happens when a team can go from feeling like, well, but then, but then again, if they go out there and they feel like this is a, not a wasted year, but like, if there's the same dread, like I want to get out of the mentality of what the team, like you do, we both want to get out of the mentality of what the team has been in for most of the last 20 years. And that's, I just, I would hate for that mentality, that black cloud of, of crap to hover over the organization for another year. Um, and I, and And
1: look, I I get that.
0: Maybe, maybe Tibbs and the fact that there's a competent front office that has brought in, you know, Johnny Bryant and Kenny Payne. It's like, maybe they are going to do more than and internal improvement from Barrett and and the other guy, like maybe that'll do more than, than Chris Paul ever could. And, and if they, and if that happens, like, boy, that's talk about having your cake and eating it too.
1: And that was kind of my argument is like we just brought in all these great player development guys. Like, why don't we just see what they can do with what we have? Like, why are we rushing to ask Chris Paul to like, fix all the problems that we have in the organization when we don't even know if he will.
0: Well, he is the point God. It's not just a, it's not just a clever nickname.
1: I like him. Obviously. I just want to say, I think he's a great player. I just don't think it's a good fit.
0: No, listen, it's you Again, on paper, you're right. And off paper, you're probably right too. Um, I, and, and again, and I think I've admitted this on here. I, I really am genuinely, I don't even know anymore when I'm saying something to, to prepare myself for the inevitability of the thing that I think is going to happen, you know. It's like that's what when you're when you go to law school and you learn how to think like a lawyer, your mind just it's fucked for the rest of your life. Um, right.
1: Well, it's kind of the psychology of being a Knicks fan, too. Like, well, I remember too. Knicks fans being like, no, no, no. The Bargnani treat is fine. Like, talking themselves into it and I was like Bro, like it's not fine so like I feel like sometimes we do we get that like preemptive like I need to be soothed type thing whereas I'm like I'm always just like no this is I don't trust this like this, I need my trust to be earned and that's kind of how I feel about this
0: well I think you're my gut feeling is you're going to be happy because I don't think they are I don't think they're going to give Oklahoma City what they want and um I can't, I can't figure out a better trade for Milwaukee to, I don't think Philly's going to make a play for him. I can't figure out a better trade for Milwaukee to make. Um, Yeah. And it's just, I know some people aren't a big fan of, of Chris Paul and Milwaukee, but like, I don't like, if the prospect of that dude leaving my franchise was hanging over my head, like I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm misreading something there, but that makes sense to me. Tibbs, um, as we mentioned, are well, are do you feel as strongly? Because you were, you were not happy when, when Tibbs was hired over Kenny Atkinson. Do is, is your feeling on that as strong as the Chris Paul thing or have you mellowed? Is, is it, where, where are we at on, on Tibbs?
1: I would say that I think my, my stance on Tibbs was kind of like taken the wrong way, just because I, I think just because I immediately didn't like concede and like wasn't just like celebrating like everyone else was. It was just like okay. me and Boodum like on our island being like, we don't believe in this yet, and everyone's like, you guys are annoying. And so like, well, you don't want to be
0: in an island with Boodum for any reason, but that's <laughs> oh that's neither here nor there.
1: Well, um, but I, I, I don't. I said when it happened, I'm like, this is fine. There's just a few red flags, which I honestly think you raised and a few other people raised. And, like, are, am I hoping that it works out? Yeah, of course. Am I going to root for them to do well? Yeah, of course. But, like, the argument for Tibbs is hinging on the fact that he's changed. His defense is modern. His offense, like, he's, they're going to take more three-pointers. Like, But he he kind of said all that stuff before Minnesota, and I know, like, the the Pobo thing and everything, so, like, I get it, but I have to see that it, it happens. No,
0: you know that's I mean? that's fair. No, no, I, I, that's completely fair. Um, I, I'll say this. I have a lot more confidence in my stance that Tibbs is going to be a good coach for this team than I do the, the Chris Paul thing. Because I just, I, the, I don't know, the more I listen to him talk and like he, he just, he doesn't care about any of the bullshit. And there's something refreshing. Maybe maybe I'm just shell shocked from from Fizz. Um, oh God!
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, we don't have to talk about him. Um, <laughs> but it's, there's something about that that's very refreshing to me. And I don't know. I just can't. I can't. Like something went very wrong in Minnesota. And I wish. And there's like different theories about what that is. And I've like interviewed people about it. And I think there's like different. Thoughts on what went the most wrong out of the things that went wrong. Cause there's multiple things. Um, but I, maybe I, I gotta think being with, with Rose and Wes and like the whole thing at the same time, they, they're definitely pushing these assistant coaches on him, which he seems fine with and he seems happy with. But it's like, you know, it, it's guys got to play nice, which right. when, you, when you get a bunch of egotistical men in a room doesn't, doesn't always happen. Um, when it's, when, when they're, they're being placed together was not of their choosing. So,
1: yeah, I mean, with, with the, the other, my other thing with the, with Tibbs was that it kind of like reeked of classic Knicks, like nepotism hire, you know, I'm hiring my buddy, Yes, which c- can be a good thing. Like I'm aware of that. Like you can have connections with really smart, great people and then put them in a position and it works out great. But like historically has that worked out for the Knicks? Not really. And so that's where I was skeptical of it, and I still am. But like, if the nature of somebody's uh, fandom or the way they engage with their team is to just be completely hopeful, like I'm not going to say that that's wrong. It's just for me, I was kind of just like, this doesn't feel right. Like I don't believe it yet. I, I want to see it before I start celebrating.
0: Will, will you? I'm sure the answer is is yes. You uh, if if and when Kenny Atkinson gets a job, will you like be pulling for him to do well?
1: Oh my god, I used to go to Barclays Center just to see Kenny Atkinson. Like I was such a Kenny Atkinson <laughs> fan. And so the, I like Kenny. Secretly, I had never had a problem with Kenny. I loved Kenny. Like since he was with the Knicks with Jeremy Lynn I was such a fan of him. Like Long Island guy. But I would secretly have a few friends who are Nets fans. And they loved Frank, and I was just like Frank with Kenny, Frank with Kenny. Like I want that to happen. I'd secretly be rooting for it because um, I was just tired of him like playing behind Jared Jack and Ramon Sessions. But yeah, I, I love Kenny. Like I would support support him wherever. But I'll always, obviously, partial to the Knicks, and I will support them in whatever they do too. Well, that's that's
0: maybe a, it's a good place for us to you know to finish up. So th- you've been through. So you came, you came on board. It was. uh, Can I assume it was the the since the '99 team is the one that's close to you? I'm assuming that's basically when it kind of got started for you, the late '90s.
1: Yeah, I would say that was when I got like completely hooked.
0: So you you have been through like the whatever the percent. Like for me, at least, again, I started rooting for the team in '93. Like I had eight really great years to get it in the bloodstream. That it's uh, like it's never going away. You did not have as long and yet you are still here and you are still very loud and and vocal and supportive. Um, I assume that this is never going, is do you think that there's anything that they could do to like, you know, make, make you, make you turn? Or is this like you're you're done for you're, you're, you're good.
1: No, I think, I think this is it, honestly, like I get frustrated, but part of the fun is, and like when I get in, arguments with people i'm just like i have fun like engaging in the discourse and disagreeing and talking about like the dumb crap that goes on sometimes like that's what's fun for me about it so even when they're terrible like like i said i just go to madison square garden and i feel like i'm like four again and i'm just like let's roll well <laughs> like it will just it will never change but if i ever have a kid um i'm gonna let them pick their own team because Jesus Christ, I don't know if I want to put somebody else through this.
0: So this is where we, this is where we differ. Um, oh, no, no I, I mean, look, I, I just, I mean, I guess gosh, if faced with this, I've never thought about this before. Holy shit. If someone was like, your daughter is either not going to be a basketball fan or she's going to be a rabid basketball fan, but she's going to love the you know, insert team here. I th- I don't know that I would be able to deal with her being a Nets fan.
1: Mm. Oh, and she might grow up as one, depending on how things go over there.
0: Well, I mean, our, our goal, let we live in, in Masspeaker Park, Long Island right now. Our goal is to get back, is to get, I shake back to Brooklyn. I lived in Brooklyn for like a minute. Most of my twenties, I lived in Manhattan, but like our goal is to eventually move to Brooklyn because oh. Long Island, um, is not fun. Um,
1: <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> i'm in brooklyn now too
0: there you go yeah um so we would love to be in brooklyn um you know and if that's the case like i if she loves basketball and yeah I, that's gonna be scary um they better get fucking good soon the next because shit i don't i don't know what i'm gonna do
1: i feel lucky like my older brother who was like was an incredible basketball player and pretty much taught me everything that I know he taught me how to uh, shoot a basketball like he's just the best um he he I grew up worshiping Patrick Ewing because of him but I remember him saying he was like all right so we love the Knicks and we love Patrick Ewing but you have to be a player fan so you can appreciate a great basketball players." so like I loved Grant Hill Hakeem like Allen Iverson like all those all those guys so Make sure if she's a Knicks fan, just make sure she grows up as a player fan too, so she can maybe enjoy some.
0: Well, this basketball. is the, I, I got to I, we, then we got to talk about this a little bit before I let you go. Who my favorite player all time? Other, than, I mean, it's predictable because I'm 37 years old, but is Michael Jordan? Like I was, I was, the, I loved Michael Jordan, and like luckily, I again started watching after those wars like I again I remember 92 93 but I wasn't like invested at all and the only year that they faced the off in the playoffs was the the 72 win team which I, I I knew the Knicks weren't weren't you know winning that series so I never there was never really a conflict there for me right. um who would do you have a favorite non nick basketball player either like from when you were a kid or, or now or whatever
1: um all time geez so I have, so Grant Hill was definitely like, like I had that, the cool Pistons jersey with the horse and the fire and the, you know, like that, <laughs> like I had that one. Like Did that you really was just call favorite. that cool? That was cool. <laughs> that, that was a, my favorite.
0: It, like, <sighs> there was something kitschy about it, which I guess, sure. Um,
1: okay, well, I was also a child, so just...
0: Well, the colors were lovely. I mean, they were they were bright. They were energetic. They were all of the things that you want, I guess, when you're like seven. Um, right, exactly. Okay. That's fair. But
1: I also, I wore KGs religiously growing up. And right now I would say, oh, you know what? I used to dye my hair with Kool-Aid because of Dennis Rodman. Oh, so he wow. was another one of my favorite players. And then Right now like non-Nick, I'm a huge Duke fan. Was obsessed with Duke basketball my whole life so it would have to be JJ Redick.
0: Uh, I still can't believe he has not found his way to playing on the Knicks. I mean, the guy lives in in Williamsburg. I mean, but then again, he hasn't played on the Nets either, so that's you know equal opportunity.
1: I know. I just want him to go to a contender at this point.
0: I could see them moving him uh this off-season. Like it wouldn't that wouldn't shock me. Um and if I was a contender, I would absolutely try to trade for JJ Redick. Um Okay, that's cool. I, it's funny. I haven't thought in a while about who my favorite non-Nick is because I just I don't I don't know I don't think about the sport as much that way anymore.
1: Yeah. Uh, Currently, do you have one?
0: I I, I I know who my least favorite is. Who Russell Westbrook? Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Which is why <laughs> it's sad. really
0: it's really 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 hard for me to be impartial about this whole conversation. we that we're, we don't need to talk about that.
1: I have a few players that are red flags if they're your favorite player. And Westbrook is one of them. <laughs> Red flags, like, flag, some, as far as what? If somebody says like that's my favorite player, I'm just like you don't know anything about basketball. Sorry.
0: <laughs> that's a fantastic take. I love that's a really good <laughs> take. Um, you know who I have? I, this is gonna probably sound a little weird. I have a soft spot for James Harden just because he catches so much shit, yeah. and all the guy like he's he's just an efficiency monster like i don't i i res, i respect what he does which is part of the reason i hate westbrook because people are enamored with him and i'm like are you ignoring the numbers that say that he's not i mean i can't say that cuz he has been helpful to his team at times but like yeah i just um i would not be able to deal with those like terrible shots every game um <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know that I have. Um, yeah, I would really have to think about it a lot, but, uh, maybe that'll be my homework assignment for, for this week. Who's my favorite non Nick that currently plays in the league?
1: Yeah. Marinate with it and then get back to me.
0: I will, I will, I will do that. So last question before I let you go. Do you have any desire to have a career? or a side career, I guess, side hustle, maybe we should say, in like uh, NBA media, or is it just strictly, you know, for fun on the side?
1: Uh, You know, I think so. Like I've been getting my feet wet with it and having a good time. And I obviously spend – my whole life talking about basketball, I mean, I used to go out to like the club in Brooklyn and I'd just be like, sir, have you heard of Frank Malaquina? Like, it's just like the only thing that I talk about. Wait, hold so, on, hold on, hold
0: on. I used to go out to the club.
1: Well, Poor coronavirus.
0: <laughs> I just haven't heard anybody say that in a while. Maybe because we are still in the midst of a pandemic. Um <laughs> I used to go out to the club in Brooklyn and ask sir, have you- okay, this is great.
1: I just like it's just like is my favorite thing to talk about. So, um yeah, I would I would love to maybe like explore that. I'm kind of just like, you know, seeing how things go, getting my takes off and um I'm starting to write more so and obviously editing my uh little mixtapes so look out for the next
0: one don't don't diminish your mixtapes that's not that's that's (laughs) don't do that um they 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 are a valuable part of the world that we live in and um they are a worthy expenditure of your time um to say the least um and you and you could talk to the gentleman at the club next time about your about your mixtapes
1: yeah, if we ever do. Honestly, the last person I remember, I went to I went out like right before the coronavirus happened, and I met a Mark Jackson stand, and when I was out, and I was like, this is a bad sign. And then I never left my house for eight months. So
0: that's my red flag. If someone says that they think Mark <laughs> yeah. Jackson is a great NBA coach and the NBA is like blackballing him, like that's <laughs> exactly that's I need that's my uh, cue to turn around and walk in the other direction. <laughs> exactly. Um, it, this has been hang, hanging out for a second because I want to talk to you after I uh, bid our fans adieu. So, um, you out there, listener, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the next film school podcast. Um, if you are not following Kaylin Phoebe, although Jesus, you have, I think, more followers than me at this point. Um, you should follow her at, can I I'll spell it out? It's K A E L I N Phoebe, P H O E B E. Um, I should ask you, anything you want to plug or promote before I let you go?
1: Just my mixtapes. I don't know. Actually, I am working with uh, Alex Wolf on this article about the rebuild and Chris Paul and all that. So I will tweet that out, and the Strickland will tweet that out at some point. So keep an eye out.
0: And I will retweet that. Um, Awesome. Uh, Everybody look forward to that. Uh, Otherwise, we'll be back with you another episode later this week. And in the meantime, hope you are well.